Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am extremely excited tonight as we have the comedian Liz Russo coming on in a moment, and uh, she's going to take us on her journey tonight into comedy and all about her life, and she's just a fascinating individual. But before I um, do an introduction for her and bring her on, I just want to introduce everyone to my show if you're new and tuning in tonight, or if you're a former listener. Um, I started the show, I can't believe it's approximately four years ago, and I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to support them and promote them. A little bit about myself, um, my doctorate degree is in clinical psychology, and that is what um, I currently do is I work as a clinical and forensic psychologist, but I also have a passion for the entertainment industry, um, particularly as a singer-songwriter. I have an album out, and um, I've done some writing for some magazines. So I really wanted to create something where I could support people. Personally, I've done everything on my own, so I know how challenging and uh, difficult it can be at times. So that is the reason I created this show. So if you're tuning in tonight, um, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can also call in at 805-243-1320. I have the information up in the chat room, but because I am a one-person show, unfortunately I might not be able to go back and forth uh, between the different windows I have open. So Liz is going to join some other amazing comedians that I've had on my show tonight, and she is including one of them. Um, I've had Tom Cotter on the show, Jim Florentine, Don Jameson, um, R.C. Smith, Chris Stefano, Joe Matarese, and many others. So please support them. All the podcasts are available. You can check them out on iTunes, or you can download them off of my site for free. And I also do a lot of interviews with filmmakers, um, especially musicians. Some of the big names I've had on the show are Nonpoint, Star Set, Gemini Syndrome, Art of Dying Again. Just check everyone out. And uh, I, I really take people on a different journey. I mean, every in- interview I do is very individualized, and I do a lot of research on my guests. So a couple of things to keep in mind. Um, on my show, you're going to get a really great taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. Just keep in mind, although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is uh, purely meant for entertainment purposes. Um, my guests do like to joke around with me and have a great sense of humor, but we're not doing any uh, formal therapy or treatment on the air. Sometimes we do talk about terms in an educational format, which is uh, totally fine. And also, I want my guests to feel open, to, to discuss whatever they'd like, but just to keep any specific names of persons, organizations, et cetera, anonymous, if you want to share some uh, embarrassing or humiliating stories, which we do like to hear. So let me introduce Liz, and then I will bring her on. So Liz is an um, established comedian. She's very seasoned. She's been doing stand-up comedy for over 10 years. And she has worked with some major comics, including Dave Chappelle, Colin Quinn, Artie Lang, Jessica Kirshen, Lisa Lampanelli, um, to name a few. Um, she's performed at places such as Caroline's on Broadway, Stand Up New York, Funny Bone, Helium Comedy Club, and many others. In addition to that, Liz has her hands in a lot of different things. Um, she's involved in TV right now. She recently taped her last on Fox TV. She can also be heard on Sirius XM Satellite Radio on a show called My Wife Hates Me. Uh, she'll discuss hopefully that tonight with uh, comedian Rich Voss and his wife, Bonnie McFarlane. And um, let's see what else. She is a model. Um, so Liz is basically, again, she is a, a jack-of-all-trades, and she's very established. I'm extremely excited to bring her on. The comedy that she's going to talk about is, is it's confident, but she also is very self-deprecating. She brings a lot of her own personal experiences into it. And I'm recommending everyone go to thelizrusso.com, and that is... Uh, T-H-E-L-I-Z-R-U-S-S-O.com. I was immediately hooked uh, from her first bit in the uh, comedy video that she has on there, and we're going to play a clip of that tonight. She's just extremely talented, and I'm guaranteeing you will fall in love with her once you uh, check that out, too. All right, so without further ado, or I'm going to go on forever, let's bring Liz on. Hey, Liz, how are you? Hi, Carrie. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you for joining me tonight. It's a pleasure to have you. Wow, that was some intro. I sound pretty good. I think your listeners have to, like, lower their expectations now. <laughs> you no, built no, me up so, so good. Funny. Oh, stop, stop, stop. No, you deserve everything that I said. But you know what's so funny? I, I guarantee you that if you listen to any of the other interviews I've done with comedians, they've done the same thing. It's hysterical. They're always like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't know if I can live up to these expectations. <laughs> 
So, but no, <laughs> even you're, even the com- mm-hmm. the comics the comics that you listed too. I've worked with uh with pretty much except for uh, Krista Stefano. I think uh, I think everyone else that you mentioned that you interviewed and, and they're all great. I'm fans of them as well. So it's nice to be on your show. Yeah, great. Well, it's great to have you. So we're definitely going to go on an interesting uh, journey tonight. I did a lot of research on you, and your life story is just fascinating. And, again, I think everyone's going to really learn, not, not just some of the challenges you've encountered, but I think just, again, how strong you are as a person, how resilient you are, and I think uh, hopefully people can, you know, learn from you and, and benefit from everything that you've done because you're just doing some great things today. Oh, thank you. I, yeah, I always <laughs> hope people can, whether it's through comedy or, you know, the stuff that, you know, I talk about, whether it's with humor or if I'm giving a speech or just the way I live life daily, I always hope people can, you know, relate and uh, hopefully I can improve some people's lives with laughter. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm telling you, I mean, comedy is something that, you know, I, I don't do stand-up, but I started going to shows a few years ago and, you know, I really incorporated it into my life and it's a way that I cope. I mean, it's seriously a coping mechanism for me. And sometimes people will say, well, that's pretty disturbing and I'll make some type of a joke out of it. And I'm like, yeah, but you can look at it this way or you can look at it the other way. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I always think, you know, if you can if you can find the humor in something, then you can survive it, you know. And yeah. uh, it, I think it is a, a coping mechanism for a lot of people, Um but I think it, I think it can be healthy most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, oh, when absolutely. I when I you know I've and I've had therapy, which uh, y- you know <laughs> you could give me after the show. But uh, right, well, yeah, we'll I mean I've been show. in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my therapist would say, "Why are you smiling? You're talking about something horrible." And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm uncomfortable, and that's what I do." <laughs> So, you know, right, I think, it's definitely... I think it's yeah. also, I mean, even in therapy and doing that, I think hopefully, you know, well, a good therapist will be able to say, okay, well, yeah, this might be the kind of despondent aspect of this, but you're also trying to work your, work your way through it. And I think that that's what's important, too. And if, if you don't have that positive outlook, um, you know, in that sense of, like you said, being able to look at it from a different perspective, then you might get stuck, so to speak. So I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, All right. I think so, too. So why don't we... Um, start out a little bit, and I always do kind of, and this is my, you know, part of my background, but I really like to get to know people. I mean, of course, we're going to talk about all the great things that you're doing and promote everything tonight, but tell me a little bit about um, where you grew up. Was it in eastern Pennsylvania? Yeah, I I grew up in eastern Pennsylvania, which uh, we have two claims to fame, pretty much. We have Larry Holmes, the uh, heavyweight boxer, the eastern assassin, they call him, and we have Crayola Crayons. Those are a few things that come from my city as well as myself. And uh, my dad was the head football coach at Lafayette College. So, oh, really? Uh, while he was, yeah, so while he was coaching uh, Lafayette, but, you know, that's where I grew up. And, uh, you know, it was a great childhood. I decided to stay in Easton. I really love my city. And uh, my parents retired and uh, moved to North Carolina and didn't give me a forwarding address. So... <laughs> I think they're trying to escape me. Uh, yeah, they're like, that's it. We're cutting you off. Yeah, but no, that's but I, I visit them. I visit them when I can. But you know, I, I love Easton, and I decided to stay. So that's my that's my home base. Okay, and let's digress a little bit because that's that's interesting, and that's not something at least that I read somewhere was that your dad was a football coach. I mean, that's really interesting. What else did he do besides that? Was he a professor at the university too, or is that no? He's he a full time. Yeah, wow. full time head. He, he's the head football coach, so he's in charge of the you know football programming and everything. And uh, he actually, my he went to Brown University and and was a poli sci major. So I figure, if I went to American University and studied pre law and became a comedian, it's pretty much the same thing, you know. <laughs> Is that where you went to American? Yeah, I went to American, which nice. coincidentally does not have a football team, which is weird. But uh, <laughs> that is interesting. You know, because I grew okay. up with, grew up with a college football and everything. But uh, yeah, my mom was a teacher. Uh, she she worked with special education and uh, okay. in, in New Jersey. So um, yeah, I kind of had two two teachers pretty much for for parents. So I I really couldn't get away with too much. Right, right. And we'll and, and again we'll just kinda you know, we'll we'll let you kinda dictate where the interview's gonna go. But while we're talking about that, what were you um 'cause I was gonna ask you later on, but what were you majoring in when you were at American University? <laughs> well, uh American University has a um a major that's specifically designed uh 
for interdisciplinary studies, and it's called the CLEG, which stands for Communication, Law, Economics, and Government. And so okay. uh, it's kind of a four-part major, and so that's what I studied. It was pretty much designed to be, you know, kind of an undergrad pre-law degree and to go on to law school until I realized okay. I really just think I, I wanted to play a lawyer on TV, I think, more okay. than I wanted to be. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to be on Law and Order, you know, I think more than right. uh, the actual real life. So, But I, I always studied performing, and I did a lot of theater. Um, almost, It was almost a minor uh, in college uh, theater. Right. And that's when I discovered uh, kind of my passion for writing my own stand-up comedy. And um, I started stand-up comedy literally the day after college graduation. I went into New York City and, uh, and did my first that and then the rest of history i've been doing it since uh may of 2000 that was oh my gosh i'm old okay (laughs) no you're not stop let's let's digress because i definitely want to get up to that point but ask you a little bit more again about okay so you're growing up in eastern pennsylvania and your parents are teachers you know what were you like as a kid you know just reflecting back um what were some of your interests and hobbies and you know were you a kid that enjoyed being social and hanging out with kids yeah, um, I was kind of everybody's friend. I was that kind of person, um, <laughs> right. like popular, but not like mean girls popular, uh, like the actual genuinely pretty popular and likable. Um, I was kind of a goody, well, not even kind of, I was a goody two-shoes, uh, didn't drink, didn't do drugs, was the president mm-hmm. of, you know, SAD. I was the president of choir. I did uh, wow. debate club. I was cap- captain of debate and did all these extracurriculars and kind of an overachieving, uh, you know, uh, only child syndrome sort of thing. But, uh, right, yeah, I love, I love right, my child. An, yeah. I read that you were an only child. <laughs> yeah, I right, loved, and I loved, I, yeah, only child, loved my life. My parents were great, had a dog. It was a great neighborhood. Uh, school was great. I had lots of friends. Um, I don't think I could ask for a better, better upbringing than I had. That's great. That's great. When And just reflecting back to as a kid, were you interested in comedy at all? I mean, you know, did you ever see a TV show or was there anything that kind of sparked your interest or maybe, you know, reflecting back now, you could say, wow, you know, that's kind of interesting in terms of, you know, years and years later, me getting involved in this. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like people will say, did you ever think you'd be a stand-up comic? And absolutely not. I, I took myself right. a little too seriously, I think, when I was in mm-hmm. school. Um, but, you know, I was very, like, sort of political and, you know, activist kind of a person and, you know, and all that stuff. And um, and I discovered that I really – I did like stand-up comedy and I liked theater. Um, I used to watch Rosie O'Donnell on VH1 um, when she wasn't, like, okay. angry. <laughs> when she was, you know, just, uh, you know, just regular funny. And um, I guess that was late 80s, maybe, or early 90s. And uh, I really liked Jerry Jewell, who um, who had cerebral palsy, and she was on The Facts of Life. And she's a stand-up comic, and I, I did a report on her. And those are the two people, um, you know, that I really look to, like, wow, they're kind of defying the odds, or they're a little different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Rosie O'Donnell, she was, you know, chubby and she wasn't necessarily pretty, but she was funny and she had her own show. And I was like, oh, I think I could do that maybe one day, you know. And um, right. and that's kind of, I look back and I go, oh, that, maybe that was a hint of where my life was going to lead, you know. But I, it's only in looking back that I realized that. Right. And how old were you at, at that time about when you, you know, when you're talking about the Rosie O'Donnell and the girl from uh, The Facts of Life? <sighs> Jeez, I don't know. Um, Maybe high school, I'd have to check the. Mm, no, I think probably younger than that. Oh, um, wow. Let okay. me see. If that was like, if high school, if I graduated in 96, I mean, it was probably early 90s, maybe 89, mm-hmm. 90, 92, somewhere in there. Nice. So, but again, yeah. you. But, you know, you I, know, I always you know, like, I like yeah. to make. I like making, sorry, I like making people laugh. I mean, I just never thought of doing that necessarily as a profession. But right. um, but I always, right. you know, people always thought I was, you know, funny. I wasn't this class clown type. I kind of picked my moment of when I was going to be funny because I never right. wanted to get in trouble either. So what were some that's kind of how I was. 
Right. What were some things that you can recall maybe, like you said, either in high school or when you were younger where you picked your moment and you did something to, you know, get your friends to laugh or something like that? Is there something that you can recall? Um, nothing really sticks out. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure my friends could probably <laughs> tell you different, but, um, right. <laughs> you know, I would just pick my moments to, to do a one, one-line zinger, you know, after a teacher said something or, you know, whatever. But okay. Never enough where I would get in trouble, but I knew that it was going to hit. You know, I knew that I'd get the laugh, and that was always essential. Nice, nice. Um, Anyone else in your extended family? Like, do your parents have any siblings or anyone that's that's involved in the entertainment industry or comedy? No. (laughs) No? Okay, interesting. Okay. No. Wow. Yeah, I don't think we have, uh, I don't think we have any performers in my family, my mom's side, they're both, uh, both families are from the Connecticut area. And uh, mm-hmm. I was actually born in Rhode Island. And uh, so I still have a lot of family in the uh, Northeast. And um, my mom's side's a little more conservative. She's the Swedish-Norwegian side of the family. And my okay. dad is the Greek-Italian Greek side of the family. So they're a little, they're a little more rambunctious. Um, right. Everyone has their own sense of humor, but I, but I don't think anyone is... Uh, I guess I'm the black sheep in that way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's fast forward. So, you know, graduating high school, and did you apply to other colleges? I mean, that's that's a great school that you went to. And again, I'm assuming, you, like you said, yeah. you, you were kind of a goody two-shoes, very bright, smart. Yeah. Um, you know, I never wanted to disappoint my parents in any way. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, I I didn't really apply to any schools that, where I was going to pursue the arts. It was more of focusing on something practical. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I got into all the colleges I applied, Syracuse, Boston University, American, and Lafayette. Um, Wow. You know, obviously Lafayette. I I didn't want to stay home. I wanted to go away. So, you know. Um, But, yeah, American was, was a perfect fit, and I really enjoyed my time there. That's great. Okay, so let's let's fast forward a little bit. So as you were saying, you're an American, you know, you're you're majoring in this degree where you were going to potentially go on to law school, um, and then you start to get your feet wet in comedy. Tell us about the first, you know, experience where you do, and I read about it, but I still want to hear your your perspective on it. Um, sure. You know, when you did try to do your stand up act and and how you got involved in writing. Yeah, I um, I. Freshman year at AU, I saw this improv group for the first time called Mission Improbable, and they were hilarious, and I really wanted to be part of that group. I had never done improv before. I had studied some acting, and, and, stu- and I was in musicals, but improv was really was really neat to me. Um, I didn't make it my freshman year, uh, but I tried out again and made it the next year and uh, and stuck with the improv and did really well. I really enjoyed it. Um, made a lot of friends that way. A lot of talented people who went on to do re- some really great things afterwards as well. Um, okay. But the moment the moment that I went into stand-up comedy where there was that shift, um, because, you know, improv is great because you're with a team and, you know, you support each other and you don't leave anyone out, you know, you don't hang anyone out to dry, you know what I mean? Right. Um, stand-up stand up, you're all by yourself. So that's it. It's all on you. And you're talking usually about personal material and stuff that comes from your life or stuff that, you know, you have a point of view on. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was doing an improv game called uh, Celebrity Advice. And uh, the audience had to give me a celebrity that I was. And at the time, um, I was uh, very heavy, had uh, short hair and bangs. And someone said, oh, she's the fat girl from Wilson Phillips, being uh, oh, Carney Wilson. Right. So I I wanted to die. <laughs> and, Aww. you know, I'm on stage in front of a couple hundred of my peers. And wow. uh, I just had a role. I had a role with it. I had to be strong. Uh, show must go on. I can't show that I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, afterwards, I went back to my dorm room and just like, just let loose and cried and I think I ate a cake and, and I was like that's it I'm never getting on stage again but then I felt better and I was like screw that guy and I started to write my own material kind of based on that experience and how it made me feel 
And mm. um, the next week I was ho- I was uh, hosting the show and I came out and the heckler guy was there. He was there every week. Came out singing Hold On for One More Day with a big box of donuts. And, oh, my gosh. And that's right. kind of like the self-deprecating, like, oh, all right, so I'll play it up a little bit, you know. And then I did some of my first jokes that had to deal with um, being a plus size model and being overweight, but also being confident and sexy. And Mm -hmm. uh, I still use some of those jokes today. And afterwards, the heckler guy said, you know what, I really respect you. I thought you were really funny. I was just trying to be funny like you. I wasn't trying to hurt you. And goes, but he's like, you made me laugh. You could laugh at yourself. You don't take yourself too seriously. And I really admire that. And that's when something clicked in me. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to do stand-up comedy. I had something to say. I had something to represent. And I wanted to challenge people's stereotypes and and wanted to do that with humor and kind of tell my story and uh, and make people laugh with it, you know. So right. that's where and it I, all and I think started, I guess. You, yeah, and I think that's something that's so great about you, too, is the, you know, the role model aspect of yourself. And, and I think that's so important. You see so many entertainment entertainers out here there today you know and it's oh the pretty girl the great looking guy but it's like there's no substance and i look for that in people you know what i mean even as myself i want to have something more to give back to people so i think you should be really proud of that stuff and and the stuff that oh, you, do, you. you do for you know for people out there today that maybe want to get involved in it or younger girls like you're saying that maybe don't feel like they're the perfect you know model as person so to speak so that's great it really is and, and you know and that's the one thing about about being funny <laughs> is that uh, <laughs> You know, like I said, you don't have to be, you don't have to be the, you know, picture of perfect beauty, whatever, um, you know, to be funny. It's being funny. That's the important part, you know, but. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I, I just think I have a lot of girls who come up to me afterwards and, and uh, I feel really good about that when people are like, oh, you know, you made me feel better about myself or, you know, I'm with you or, you know, I can relate to you and and exactly. the stuff you've been through and uh, and makes them feel like they're not alone and they're not, you know. Everyone has their own yeah. journey and, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, their own stuff they're going through. And I just kind of put Definitely. it out there and, and, hope, and hope people can relate. Yeah, and I think it's great, too, like you said, that it clicked for you and you weren't going to back down and you decided, you know, hey, this is, something that I have, it, it's a good fit for me, and you were confident to continue with it. When you started just um, digressing, when you started writing, I mean, was writing something that came naturally for you? I mean, I know some people say, you know, it's it's just kind of like an intuition that comedians have, or even musicians. Or was it something like a craft that you had to really work at and hone your skills? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think writing is the most difficult part for me. Uh, I'm definitely more of a performer um, mm-hmm. and a personality and a performer uh, than I am a writer. I don't think I could be a writer unless it was for myself. <laughs> I don't think I'm a good comedy writer in other people's voices. You know, um, like if I was going to be a sitcom writer or something like that, I, I don't think I'd be very, very good at that or a monologue writer even. Um, but when well, it comes to my own life. Team, maybe with a team of people, you know what I mean? If you were contributing yeah. to a team or in a format too. Okay, yeah, ahead, maybe go. in a team. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, maybe in a team format because you are bouncing things off of each other. Exactly. I'm pretty good with that, but um, but yeah, I, I found that you know, life just happens and the humor's already there. <laughs> you know. Right. So you just have to you have to be able to kind of expose it and and put it out there in, in a way that, um, you know, other people can can relate and laugh at it too. You know, not not right. just tell the story but you know there's a a format to it a setup and a punchline and everything and Mm -hmm. but once you get that you know life just gives gives you the material you need really wow that's great that's great so you're performing like you said at school and then you get to the end of your you know college years so to speak and your degree and you just say that's it you're going to become a comedian what do your parents how do they react to that um, you know what? They're really supportive uh, on the surface. <laughs> no, they're just, you know what it is? It, they're just worried and they want the best for me. And they, Aww. you know, obviously it's a struggle and they don't, they don't, no parent really likes to see their child struggle through something. Um, 
And, uh, you know, it's still a financial struggle for me, and I'm 37. So, you know, I think they're just finally coming around, (laughs) actually. Um, But... Yeah, I mean they're they're supportive as they can be as parents, and and uh, and I'm really grateful for that for sure. Um, right. My mom has never seen me perform. My dad has never seen me perform live. But really? He recently got yeah. <laughs> it makes them too nervous, you know. I've had other family okay. members who have come out to some shows and stuff, but um, my dad finally looked me up on like YouTube and watched a video, and he goes, "Hey, you're funny." <laughs> I was like, "Hey." <laughs> It's only Aww. 15 years in the making, you know. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. But, and I make my mom laugh just from in day-to-day life. She she laughs a lot at me um, or with me. I'm not sure. Either one. And uh, <laughs> right. But she's never seen my my acts, you know. It might be too much for her to take. So <laughs> we just don't. We don't discuss it. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. But, but yeah, I mean, I had I had lots I had lots of other odd jobs. You know, I was a substitute teacher for a while while I was driving into New York City almost every night to do open mics, um, you know, and shows and and be on mm-hmm. the road. And you know, I've bartended, I've waitressed, I've been a teacher. Uh, what else have I done? I've done a lot of things, you know, other than just stand up but right, just, um just stand up. but I think but I think the com- yeah the comedy was always there. I mean I I could never not do it. Part and of who you, I am, I think. Are you currently doing some type of a part-time job while you're doing comedy and everything else or is it just you're just focused right now and just doing the comedy and the TV, the radio and everything I, else you're involved in? Yeah, I had a um a full-time job for a little while that was a pretty easy salaried job. Um just being a uh, assistant to a president of a wax company, <laughs> really okay. odd, okay. but just you know whatever clerical right. type stuff. And okay. uh, they they got rid of me because they didn't want to pay my health insurance, so they cut the position, made it part time, and and let me go. So I had yeah. a year of unemployment where I just said to myself, you know what, now is the time you have to do it. Right. Um. So you know it kind of kicked me out of the nest, and just uh, I've been at it for for full time uh the past couple of years now and doing pretty okay. well and and um as far as you know being on the road um a lot and traveling a lot and just but it's a struggle all the time there are people doing it for you know decades and they're I know. they're still struggling so I know it's not, not and, an easy not an easy path no and do you um I mean do you book all your shows by yourself do you have a manager or any type of a team behind you or are you kind of independently no, doing everything no you know what I'm not yeah, no, I'm not re- represented by anyone. I don't have a manager okay. or an agent, but I do work. I do work with different agencies that you know will book me for gigs, um, nice. and I'm just kind of letting things progress in the way, in a very natural sort of organic way of whatever mm-hmm. is supposed to happen is going to happen. And I just, I, I kind of have a motto of work hard, be nice, don't give up. Those right. kind of, you know, Definitely. that's what I live by. And I have some other. Um, I'm a certified uh, recovery specialist and I deal, um, I actually have a job interview tomorrow for a part-time peer recovery position at a a residential uh, recovery house. So, you know, I I kind of, I do those things and um, I do trivia (laughs) once a week uh, at a bar in my hometown, which is really fun. And, you know, so I keep myself busy with other little paid gigs here and there. But, uh, right, you know, the right. comedy is, is still, yeah, still the main focus. And we'll get, we'll get into definitely more of that stuff, too, just to talk about some of the upcoming things I read about you. Um, to digress a little bit, and then we'll check out a, a small clip that I did so people can kind of get a taste of your comedy, and then we'll encourage them to uh, go to see you at a live show. Tell us a little bit about when did you start to, um, I mean, when did, because like, it's interesting because you talk about this, could you choose, you know, this childhood, trying to please everyone. Right. So when did you start to get involved with that? And, again, whatever you feel comfortable sharing with, because I don't want to pry. I'm not like oh, that yeah. at all. So you, oh, no, not you know, at talk all. about what you feel I, comfortable. I, yeah, I'm totally an open book when it comes to that. Um, I, I like to be very open um, because I am in recovery and I'm sober now for four years and seven months. Awesome. So I, I like I, Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I like I like to let people know that recovery is possible, and uh, you know it, it matters. If you if you fall down seven times, you get up eight. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I've been in recovery for for that long now, and 
and hopefully I give a little a little bit of uh, hope to others who, who are struggling with addiction. And I didn't start drinking until I was in my 20s, until um, after college, probably <laughs> when I was around it all the time, um, being a comedian, okay. of course. Right. And uh, actually, I had gotten a gastric bypass surgery. I, I was uh, 100 pounds overweight. This was, uh, you know, around the time... Carney Wilson actually got it, and uh, Al Roker got it, and it, it was the full okay. bypass surgery. I got that. I lost 130 pounds, but I became a wow. raging alcoholic. So what I couldn't use food for, now I was using booze, and I had no idea I was even addicted to food. I thought I was just overweight, you know what I mean? So right. um, it really opened my eyes to, the, you know, because uh, I, I wasn't a drinker before, you know. And, um, yeah, it was really bad. Uh I become a hot mess like really fast. Uh, when I'm an overachiever, I'm an overachiever in everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> right. Everything. Aww. I was like, not just one DUI, let's get two DUIs in eight months. So oh gosh, I got two, right. two wow. DUIs in eight months. And uh, I always like to say I second DUI was the worst one. I blew a .25 and the state trooper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which I saw in the comedy bit. I love that. Right. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. And uh I did some some jail time and then I went to rehab because uh, I actually was on state parole and uh I got public drunkenness and my parole officer was like, Well, do you wanna go back to jail or can you get to rehab tomorrow? I was like, Um yeah, I guess rehab's probably better. <laughs> right. I drove myself. I drove myself to rehab, uh, drunk, with a six pack in my trunk, just in case it didn't work out. And uh, mm-hmm. I went to living the Livingren Foundation in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, and I've been sober ever since. And that's really when I've had right. like now I'm, I have this resurgence in my comedy now because I'm I'm stronger as a person and I've lived life a little bit more and I've struggled and I've come through it on the other side so now I can you know in that healing I can find the humor and uh and hope that I can give uh you know hope to other people as well exactly and you're um how long were you in the rehab for because that's that's a huge accomplishment because you hear people going in and out of rehab you know I mean and I work in a correctional facility and unfortunately you know a lot of these people unfortunately coming in like you said is because of substance-related, you know, offenses and infractions. Yeah, absolutely. So how long, absolutely. how long were you in the um, rehab facility for? I went for the full time, so the full whatever it is, 28 days. Uh, my insurance oh, actually gave out. Wow. Yeah, so that for That's... like to seven days, and then insurance pulled back and said, we're not going to pay for any more. And then my parents, they decided they weren't going to help me. And uh, my therapist oh, no. actually co-signed for me so that I could get on a payment plan and uh it took me about two years after rehab to pay it off but uh but I was fighting for my life and uh right. you know I'm 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 very blessed and very grateful um you know that she did that for me and uh you know it's something I had to do for myself and and uh it turns out it worked so that's good <laughs> it's, that's and it's not just you, like it worked and I'm it's not like it's not like it worked and I'm cured, you know. It's an everyday. I just well, take it one day at a time. You know? Right. But yeah. you, went, you did basically 28 days just inpatient, and you were able to, yeah. like you said, really did, get yourself I, together. Yeah. I mean, I really think That's that amazing. it was an internal it, thing. Well, I think it was an internal thing for me. Um, it wasn't the consequences because they couldn't incarcerate the addiction out of me. You know, it wasn't like, oh, the threat of going back to jail didn't stop me from drinking, you know. Um, I really had to decide for myself. And when I was in the mm-hmm. rehab, I just um, I just surrendered. And I, I just knew that, you know, I really, I wasn't, I wasn't myself. And uh, mm-hmm. I was disappointing, um, you know, myself. And, and I wasn't the best person I could be. And I wanted to find myself again. And, uh, and so I did, you know, and I did inpatient and then I did outpatient as well. And then, um, mm-hmm you know, hit the uh, meeting circuit and, uh, you know, and now I, I speak to recovery groups and uh, I also got certified, you know, to be a CRS and, and now I can help people, right. um, you know, who went through the same things I did as well. So turn, turned out to be pretty good. 
That's awesome. That's really good. That's great. Any just and just out of curiosity, just because you know people know that usually substance abuse runs in families. Is there anyone in your family that that has had like an addiction problem? Yeah, actually. Um, and you, my, don't, you don't need to go into pater- details, my paternal. Yeah. No, that's right. My um my grandpa on my mom's side um had an alcohol mm-hmm. problem. Uh, okay. I never met him. I I didn't know him. And my my um on my dad's side, uh, his biological father, who I also never met, had um had a problem. I think with gambling. So, but it was never really okay, talked so about. We kind of knew right. like it, it was in the family, but I was never a drinker before, so I kind of thought I escaped it. You know, I never thought if I could take it or leave it throughout my you know teens up into my twenties. You know, I. You kind of think like, oh, well, why would I get addicted now at you know twenty <laughs> four? Right, know? right. But um, but there's there's that addiction transference with the uh, you know, with having the gastric bypass surgery that I think is very common, especially among women. And it's not something I I kind of um I was aware of at the time, being so young and and the surgery not being as popular as weight loss surgery is now. But it's definitely something that people should be aware of uh, going into it, you know, h- how they use food and how it affects you. So, yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's something hopefully people can, you know, can take away from you as well as, you know, just, you know, just for my own education and training and stuff. Unfortunately, there is a genetic component, like you're saying, too, with addictions, whether oh, sure. it's gambling or food or substance abuse yeah and it's yeah unfortunately like you said it might not come out or it might come out in a different aspect sometime later in life so yeah yeah but again congratulations on everything you've done and everything you've accomplished oh thank you something really to be proud of definitely oh thank you very much yeah it's just one day at a time Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's listen to some of uh, the comedy. We won't listen to the whole entire, um, you know, bit thing from the show that I downloaded for you, but let's just listen to a little bit of it so people can get a taste of your sense of humor and your your writing style, okay? And oh, then no, when we I come feel back, embarrassed. No, no, not at all. It's great. Oh, my, like I said, like I said at the, at the intro, and I'm a pretty, it's interesting because as I started to go out to more and more shows, like, when I initially started, I was like, wow, I thought everyone was funny. And as I started to go to more shows, I could see, like, I had a certain style in terms of what I liked. And then the people who were saying I thought was funny, I was like, no, oh, they're not that funny anymore. So, no, you literally, from the moment you said, oh, I got lost on my way here and I was waiting for, I don't want to give away the, the tag yeah, yeah. Thing, but I was totally like, oh, my gosh, it's great. And I just, yeah, I was hooked. It's really good. Oh, really good. well, that's awesome. Thank okay. you so much. All right, so I'm going to put you on hold, and then we'll we'll check out a few minutes of it, and then I'll bring you back. Cool. All right, great. Hold on, Liz. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to the comedian Liz Russo. Be sure to check her out. Go to her website, thelizrusso.com. We're going to check out some of her comedy right now, just so you guys can get a taste of uh, what you're in store for if you decide to go see her, and I highly recommend that you um, see her at an upcoming show. So check out the website and find out where she'll be performing. All right, here we go. Here's Liz Russo, and we'll be back in a moment. All right, you guys, you have a special treat. Our next comedian, she's appeared on the show, Fox's Laughs, and she's open for Gilbert Gottfried. You guys, give a warm welcome to Liz Russo. Come here, sitting. How are you feeling? I'm happy to be here. I actually drove in from uh, Pennsylvania, and I got lost on the way here. I got lost on some dark back road. I don't know where I was in the city, but I was like a single woman alone in my car in a dark back road. I'm thinking like a guy or like a group of guys are going to like sexually molest me. And I waited there for like half an hour. (laughs) I got nothing. What the hell? (laughs) I brought my own duct tape and everything. (laughs) I'm thoughtful. I come prepared. It's good. I had to be careful getting up on the stage, too. I actually hurt my knee uh, in a Spanx-related accident. <sighs> Ladies, you ever try to take off your Spanx and you break a window? Does that ever happen to anybody? It's like, pew, 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 and then I tore my meniscus, yeah. Chuff. Mm, <laughs> yeah, summertime, too. Gotta, I wear the Spanx in the summer. It's not comfortable at all. You know, like boob sweat. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I know. 
Do you guys like the summer? Who likes the summer? Yeah. Oh, you can applaud. You can applaud if you're a summer people. Oh, yeah. look at you, skinny bitches. You love the summertime. You love it. You're cute. I pointed to you and I said skinny, but you're adorable. I could I could wear you like a thong. You are cute. I tried on a thong once. I still can't find it. I don't know where the hell it went. That was back in 2002. I never saw it again. But yeah, do you like the beach? Yeah. She's like, yes, I do. Yeah. Skinny bitches love the beach. Oh my god, I love the beach. I love it. My friend Tiffany, she loves the beach. She's skinny. She loves it. She's always trying to get me to go. She's like, come on, Liz, let's go to the beach. Oh my god, let's go to the beach. I just bought a new two piece. <laughs> That's great, Tiff. You wear that. I'll wear my new five-piece bathing suit. It's awesome. Comes with a skirt, with a ruffle, and a blouse, and a blazer, and a hat, briefcase. <laughs> Tiffany doesn't understand. Like, I could suntan completely naked. I'm still going to get tan lines. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're going to have to think that one out, people. It's like I get a gradient of tan, like an ombre, you know what I'm saying? i got to stretch out every once in a while. Mm. Summertime, big drinking time too, right? You guys drinking? Yeah, yeah you are. I'm not. <laughs> I'm in recovery. I'm actually four and a half years sober. Thank you. Some people are happy for me. You're looking at me like, fuck you, you're a quitter. <laughs> I am a quitter. Because <laughs> the legal system and I had a little chat. <laughs> After my second DUI, that's right, I got two DUIs in eight months. Yeah, I'm an overachiever, that's right. <laughs> when I do something, I do it well. I'm like, hot mess, check. Yeah, two DUIs in eight months. The second DUI was the worst. The second DUI, I actually blew a .25 and the state trooper. So, oh. All right, everyone. I didn't want to play too much, so that's just something to uh, get you interested. And I'm sure after hearing that, you're going to be very interested in checking out Liz Russo. So go to thelizrusso.com. Some great stuff and material she has there, and that's just uh, that's just a little bit piece of it. And you can see some other stuff on her website, too. She's involved in uh, Transforming Transformers. It's, it's some type of a YouTube series. It's really interesting, and I checked it out, and it's, yeah, she definitely is uh, is great on that, too. So we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later. All right, so let's bring Liz back on. All right, Liz, Hello. how are you? <laughs> Great. I'm I thought good. it was apropos to uh, end at that part. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. So I thought that was a good transition. But um, can you tell us a little bit about in terms of, I guess, you know, again, being an independent comedian, some of the challenges. Would you ever, I know you did um, you run Star Search and you were one of the runner-ups yeah, I was reading about. I, uh, yeah, you know what, it's, um, they brought Star Search back uh, with Arsenio Hall as the host. Mm-hmm. I forget what year that was, but that shows how long I've been been kind of at this game. I think that was like 2002, 2004, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, I actually had made the uh, regional finals and, and was going to be on the show, and then they canceled the show. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, yeah, so it could have been my TV debut, but it just wasn't meant to be. And uh I really have been trying to, you know, get on TV, do some more uh, auditions to get more work. That's always something that the comedy clubs want. They want those TV credits and everything. So, um, you know, it's something new that I've been trying to, you know, forge ahead with uh, and kind of diversify a little bit. Uh, I have a small part in a film called The Bottle, which um, hopefully I'll be able to share on my website in the next few months. And uh, I just cool. got a part in a in a sitcom that'll be streaming online, um, so that should be good. I actually have the table read for that tomorrow. So there are all these oh, little awesome. projects, you know. That yeah, and and it's good. You know, I get excited about it, but you never know where anything is going to lead. Right. <laughs> so exactly. I just kind of With, um, I take every opportunity I can. 
Exactly. With the table read, can you tell us a little bit about it, or, or is it something that's really kind of new and in the works and you can't really reveal much about the concept of what, yeah. what you're going to be reading for? I'm not sure how much I okay, I'm allowed to say or uh-huh. reveal, but um, yeah, so we but yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely post. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because I haven't met with them yet. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I have a part, and I'll be. Um, we're filming right. a pilot episode, and seven episodes after that, and I'll be in every episode, and um, uh, it's a really great part, and it's you know a sitcom format, and uh, so it's something something new and exciting. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able. To share and of course I always update you know my website and my Facebook all the time uh, with all that kind of good news. Definitely, definitely. Would you, in terms of you know your impression of these shows today, like you know America's Got Talent and Last Comic Standing, would you consider auditioning for something like that, or what is your impression of these shows? Um, actually, the person, one of the producers uh, of um, Star Search back in the day, stayed in touch with me. And always thought I was really talented, and um, and he sends me things uh, every once in a while. He's you know uh, doing a lot of the reality TV stuff, and uh, he he sent me. I actually went on an audition for America's Got Talent, but I just don't think those competition shows are really right for me. Um, okay. Of course, if I audition and get on one, it's excellent exposure, and I would do it. Right. right. But I don't know if that's really going to be my path everyone has their own pathway um Mm -hmm. and i I don't know i don't know if a competition show is really the way for me to go especially america's got talent because it's very um mainstream family friendly uh you interviewed tom cotter he's he's awesome and uh and he's really great him him and his wife carrie louise um are both very funny and very nice people and um you know i really i commend him for for doing the family friendly thing and and you know, being on just, you know, primetime TV, that's pretty awesome. Um, right. But, yeah, I, I'm not, eh, I don't know. I don't know if that's for me. Yeah, it's hard because, <laughs> like you said, you would have to tailor your act and your material to, you know, that audience um, and that population, so to speak. So, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think I'm on yeah. more of a late-night late night talk show type. <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. I can see myself doing a monologue <laughs> on a a late night talk show, but maybe not, you know, eight o'clock on ABC, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Definitely. Definitely. So yeah, tell us a little bit about this um the show I was reading that just laughed for Fox. Was that on yet or tell us a little yeah. bit about that show? Yeah, unfortunately, like I say in my bio because I taped for it, which I did in uh, Indianapolis. And okay. um it was a great experience and it was for season one. It was their you know, their first season out. Um, and it's, uh, kind of a little fledgling show of, of stand-up comics. Um, and it's just stand-up sets and, uh, different clips and, and, uh, now it's on the season two. So I didn't make it in on season one, even though I taped oh. for it. It, it. I know. <laughs> Eventually I'll get there, I suppose. You but, will. Um, you will definitely. I, su- I submitted for season two. I don't, yeah, I don't know if, if, uh, I don't know if they have any room on season two either, but, uh, I definitely, you know, urge people to check it out. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to see, uh, you know, just stand-up comics doing their thing, and they're very short snippets, so it's only about three minutes stage time. Oh wow! Okay. You know that you, that you get, and that's so hard, <laughs> you know, to try to try to tell an audience who you are in three minutes is really in tough. three minutes. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Okay, but you're also involved in, you know, this um, the show you do with. Uh, Rich Voss and his wife on Sirius XM. How often do you do that show? You know, I just, I did it for the first time not too long ago, um, probably uh, in this past month or so. Um, and Rich is always, I, I perform with Rich a bunch of times, and it's great because he's also a sober person. So uh, we definitely okay. connect on that level. And it was my first time meeting Bonnie, and uh, she's really great. She's really funny. I'm very intimidated by her. Uh <laughs> So I don't know how I sounded, uh, you know, on on the show with them. I don't know. She's so yeah. alpha. She's so like I don't know. And I just I kind of like become very shy. <laughs> it's very okay, it was very strange. But yeah, but I had a great time though. And uh, you know, I love performing on stage with Rich Voss and opening up for him. I've done that numerous times, and um, and and he's great. So it was great to be on yeah. Sirius XM too. It was very it was very exciting. I'm I'm actually hoping to get on the uh, 
you know, and talked with Jim Norton as well on uh, Opie, what used to be Opie and Anthony is now Opie and Jimmy. And uh, I'd, I'd love to do that show as well. So hopefully my fans will, you know, tweet and all that stuff <laughs> to try to get me on all these shows. I think the fan base yeah, is really the thing that, that drives a lot of comics to, you know, where they're, where they're going to end up, you know, a fan base is really important. And that's, that's an interesting concept. And real quick, just to piggyback off what you were, you were saying, I've seen Rich Voss before he was great. And I've also seen Jim Norton before too. And yeah, they're both great. So in terms of. Yep. The and they're, and they're both sober saying, people. So I love, I love that I can relate to them on that, nice. on that recovery level too. It's pretty cool. Definitely, definitely. So in terms of, you know, just talk a little bit about, I mean, like you said, you're always on social media and you're, you know, heavily involved in that, which you need to be. And I know that's probably just in and of itself a job, you know, to maintain something like that. So in terms of how do you go about, like you said, getting fans and and getting people that are, you know, going to continue to kind of be with you and support you along the way? Because I know that can be challenging too. Um, I bribe them a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I don't have enough money to bribe them. I don't know what I could bribe them with, you know. But uh, (laughs) um, yeah, I I don't even know. I just – I just kind of forge ahead and, you know, when I'm at shows, I make sure to give out my cards and if people, you know, Mm -hmm. liked me, hopefully, you know, they'll become friends and like my page and and all that stuff. I think I have, uh, I'm almost up to 3,300, I think, on my fan page on Facebook. Yeah, no, it's great. Facebook.com backslash I love Liz Russo. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, tweeting is another thing. Like I, I don't do Twitter all that often. Um, but a lot of people who are writers definitely do. I think it's more important for for comics who are um, who kind of want to be more, uh, you know, writers in in the field. But um, yeah, I just try to be really nice to people and hope they like me. <laughs> Everything's pretty <laughs> organic. I, I don't like. Yeah, I, I'm not really good at. And that's another thing. I'm not really good at like selling it. <laughs> you know. No, I understand. I understand, and that's. But I think again, I think that's something that people will relate to with you, and they'll see just again how grounded and authentic you are. Because that's something I gravitate. I mean, I could tell just from our conversations, just our initial conversation. You know, when I said, "Oh, hey, would you like to come on for an interview?" You know, right away, just the way you interacted with me, I was like, "Ah, oh, she's really cool." You know, I could just you can pick up a vibe, and you definitely have that. And oh, I think, good. like you said, the fans definitely are going to be able to, you know, see that and, and capture that. So I, and I think that's I hope important. So. Because, I, I, yeah, that's really. I really strive to give off that vibe. I, I just try to be as authentic as possible and um, and show kindness anytime I can. And and that's just really you know who I am. I I don't try to pretend to be something I'm not. And I hope it works out. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't, at least you know I can live with myself. So. Right. Yeah, and I think like you said, I think like you said, the hard work. You know. Being a decent person, being a nice person, I think does go a long way. I mean, I know people all the time are just, you know, they think you have to have this huge ego and be narcissistic and arrogant. And, you know, I think that stuff, A, I think it gets old. And to me personally, it just turns me away. It's like I don't want to be around that type of stuff, you know. Yeah, and there's um, a lot of that in the stand-up community. I think a oh, lot of it is is in, is insecurity more than anything absolutely. else. Absolutely, um, definitely. Yeah, and I just... Um, I try not to compare myself with other people because I really think that always ends up, you know, poorly. But um, just, you know, I, I try to just stay on my own path and do my own thing and, and help others and pay it forward because I think that's um, just kind of, you know, the good thing to do in life. And, you know, when someone else succeeds, you know, and you mm-hmm. help them, I think you succeed as well. So um, I agree. Yeah, I just keep trying to do that. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Reflecting, you don't have to get into details, what do you think was one of the most challenging things when you were in in jail in terms of how long were you in jail for? I was in jail for a year. Wow. And that's one of the things that I talked about um, why I went on the show, uh, you know, with Rich Foss. We talked all about jail stuff. And uh, oh, they really? couldn't believe it, you know. Yeah, they couldn't believe it. And, you know, and a lot of people can't believe it. And uh, I think if I write a book or I do a, a one-woman show, I think I'll talk more about it in a longer format. It's really hard to do a stand-up comedy when you only have, you know, 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I mean, because right. a lot of people don't believe me. Uh, it was a second offense DUI, but I actually ended up on state 
uh, parole, but I was in county prison. So they held me for a year before I actually went through the parole process and stayed. I was on state parole uh, for four years after that. So the maximum sentence is five years, which is basically (laughs) kind of what I got. Um, Right. And uh, so, you know, the challenge in jail always is uh having to go to the bathroom in front of someone right <laughs> that's, oh, yeah uh, yeah you haven't experienced life until you have to you know poop yeah. in front of a friend <laughs> yeah it's it's great <laughs> and i i mean i we'll, we'll talk more off the air cuz like i can't you know for professional reasons but you know i've i've worked in max prison i've worked in a lot of different prisons so yeah do, that's do you work with uh fe- with female Female inmates no, only, or oh, we'll talk off oh, okay. the air. I very all right, all right. <laughs> a while a while ago, but it was more for females that were in crisis, those suicidal females, ones that were psychiatrically um, decompensating and really mentally ill. So that was the only aspect, not yeah. just regular general pop, you know, high functioning women. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We so had. It was interesting because you know mm-hmm. being held in, and if you're held in county. Uh, it was Northampton County Prison, and uh, you know there were people who were held there before they went to actual state prison. So, um, you know, there was a murderer. Uh, mm-hmm. She she actually is very nice and has a lovely singing voice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she killed someone, and uh, right. you know we had someone who, yeah, exactly. Uh, we had someone who um, basically cons uh, groups out of money for an AIDS organization and she didn't have AIDS. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, there. It, but the one thing, yeah, I will say this, the one thing that we all had in common was that we were all addicts. And okay. that doesn't, I mean, that makes me the same as everybody else who was there. Uh, everyone had some sort of uh, drug or alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's something, you know, that needs to be changed in the system and, you know, without getting mm-hmm. too serious or whatever. But, Um, it definitely made me more compassionate, more empathetic. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I see myself as, as the same as these women and the women aren't bad, you know, it's just, it leads you to a different place when you're an addict, um, that you wouldn't normally go. And actually most of the women were white and went to Catholic school. Isn't that weird? Wow. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. People would be surprised. And I think that's why, again, going back to why I do comedy is to kind of challenge those stereotypes. And what, if, if you've never worked at a prison or been in prison, you probably don't know too right. much about it. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if I can kind of show my experience to kind of uh, open that up and open people's eyes to what actually is going mm-hmm. on, um, you know, with, with humor, of course. And, you know, I, I think that's something worth doing. Definitely. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And like you said, I think that would be really interesting if you could do a a one-woman stand-up act and incorporate a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I think that would be great. I'd like to do – I really like to do that. I, Christopher Titus is one of um, my favorites, um, and he had a really great uh, one-man show. Um, I can't remember the title offhand, but uh, it was really great, and I'd love to I'd love to do that, where I can kind of mix serious topics in with the humor um, mm-hmm. And do and do something a little more extended than just you know stand up comedy where it's a setup and a punchline. So something I'm thinking about, but I, I you know it, it's hard to <laughs> forge ahead with something like that. That's kind of new territory. And one of these days I'll kick myself to do it. Yeah, to sit down and start writing, and or even if you're just jotting down some ideas here and there, you know, as things pop into your head. You know what I mean? And you think that just to kind of get the ball yeah. rolling, get the process going. Yeah, no, I think that'd be great. Yeah, and definitely yeah. have a different perspective and a different story than than any other, and that's especially thing. female com- that's, comic that's out there. Right, and I again, I think that's a huge selling point with you is just your story, you know, being a role model, the things that you have to share with people, it is. It's very different and um you're not gonna see that with everyone. I think that's I think that's a selling point for you. Yeah. Like I you know, yeah. Amy Schumer is doing she's doing awesome and she's she's the hot yeah. ticket right now. And I'm not yeah. Amy Schumer, which I think will work to my advantage, you know what I mean? Because there already is an Amy Schumer, but there's there's only one Liz Russo and, you know, the world hasn't quite seen her yet. So that's hopefully. right. That's awesome. No, I love your confidence, really. It's definitely 
something that you can uh, hold on to. That's great. Really good. So tell us something, Liz, outside of comedy. Again, I know this is mainly your focal point, but would you like to do, you know, any other interests outside of comedy when you're not doing comedy? You know, any hobbies, interests, things like that? I know you, you like cats, right? <laughs> I do have two cats. Uh, not quite okay. a crazy cat lady yet, but, uh, yeah, okay. no, Boots good. and Roxy. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. They make it a little a little less lonely at home. Um, and I'm single, so I, I'm not really dating so much. Uh, dating when you're sober is also a whole nother weird aspect of it. Because um, when you're at shows, you know, I'll, I'll be up there and, you know, I, I share just what I did on the show today and my sobriety. And then after the show, I'll get a guy, hey, can I buy you a drink? And I'm like, you're a horrible listener. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Right. So, yeah, it's it's been a challenge to to find a guy, you know, that yeah, but it's okay. Um But yeah, I don't know other interests. That's so hard. No, I really I mean, don't have any. <laughs> Are you into certain TV shows? You know what I mean? Is there anything, you know, yeah. to relax at night? Is there something, you know, that you I like, like to watch to, uh, or I like to watch uh Orange is the New Black. <laughs> Okay. And then okay. when I watch when I watch that show, I'm like, oh my god, we had the same blankets in jail. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like that show. I like uh, I do like a lot of TV. I am a TV junkie, and I'd like to read. I like to read a lot of self help books and Wayne Dyer, and you know, uh, yeah, Eckhart Tolle, and a whole bunch of stuff like that, and. Uh, yeah, and I do a lot of volunteering with the recovery stuff, and I love animals, and but comedy is just kind of, it takes a lot of energy, and I'm kind of an introvert, so when I exude all this energy into, you know, my profession, most of the time I just kind of chill out at home and have my alone time. <laughs> right, right. But no, I'm so boring. I'm so boring. I just, I just fell asleep no, talking so about no, myself. I'm so boring. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, I find you fascinating. I really do, and I was... Like I said, very excited to bring you on for the interview. And, like, one of the things that just kind of caught me that night when I sent you the, the you know, the private message on Facebook was your posts. They were just so entertaining. I've seen them over time. And I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm emailing her right now and saying, do you want to come on for an interview? Because I was just like, after I get out of being in prison all day, I need to laugh. So when I see your posts, I start laughing. Oh, and yeah. I was just like, that's it. I'm sending her a message and inviting her on. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is so awesome. So. That makes me so, that feels so good to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. No, definitely. They're great. They really are. And it was just a matter of time. I, I like my. Company. Go ahead. Oh, I just, I, it's funny because I do get a lot of um, positive messages from my Facebook. And, I, and you know, Facebook can be very negative, very political, very polarizing. Mm-hmm. And I try to keep it either either positive and uplifting or, you know, fart jokes or whatever. But, right, uh, right. yeah, so I try to keep it, you know, funny or uplifting. So, um, yeah, because sometimes I just – I have to take people off my news feed that are so depressing. I'm just like, I can't take it. Right. <laughs> so I'm glad that I get positive a positive response from my Facebook. That's something that I'm proud of. That's great. That's great. So – no, just let's. Uh, why don't we? We'll start tying things up. We'll definitely. I definitely want to keep in touch with you. Like I said, it's been a great interview, and I'm so happy that I had you on the show. But please, you know, plug any upcoming shows you have for, um, you know, that you want the audience to know about your website, your Twitter, all that good stuff. And um, yeah, and then we'll wrap things up. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Well, I'll be in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Uh, in early October and uh, I have a bunch of shows but you can always find out about all my upcoming shows at thelizrusso.com and Twitter at thelizrusso Instagram at thelizrusso most of the stuff is branded at thelizrusso except for uh, my Facebook fan page which I would love to get some more likes on my page I'm obsessed so uh, (laughs) go to facebook.com backslash I love Liz Russo and uh and click the thumbs up and like my page. It would make me very happy. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on. It was an awesome interview. And as I said, a podcast will be available so people can uh, download it either on my site or go to iTunes and love to keep spreading the word about you. So let's definitely uh, try to get the podcast out there. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much, Carrie. This has been a real pleasure.
Good. Yeah, that no, was awesome. Really great interview. So uh, congratulations to everything you've accomplished and just being an amazing role model for everyone out there. And I definitely want to, like I said, keep in touch with you personally off the air too. Sounds good. All right. All right. So, yeah, so have a great okay, night. And uh, we'll definitely <laughs> – oh, if you want to go on, we can uh, – well, no, well, part okay. two. <laughs> well, but, I'll, uh, I'll no, seek you out great. for that hey, therapy over an hour. I'll seek, you out, uh, I'll seek you out for that therapy later. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We'll definitely, we'll definitely talk off the air. All right? All right. Thank you, Carrie. Okay. Talk to you soon. Yeah, such a pleasure, Liz. Have a great night. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Again, Liz Russo. Check her out at the Liz Russo and uh, follow her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. She was an amazing interview. And again, if for some reason you tuned in late, you can check out the podcast, download it, or stream it after the show is over. It will be available on my uh, Blog Talk Radio site as well as you can go to iTunes. So please follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you back and also. Uh, become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That will give you all the upcoming events and interviews, etc. Sorry, I'm starting to stumble over my words. It's been a long day. Um, so, yeah, please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. And also, if you want to uh, befriend me personally, you can definitely go to uh, my two Facebook pages. One of them might be maxed out. It kind of, you know, vacillates here and there. You lose a friend, you gain a friend. Um, so if you do find the maxed out page, just type Carrie Edelman um, in, and you'll find out the page that um, has places you can send me your friend request to. All right. So thank you so much, everyone. Again, have a great night. Awesome interview with Liz Russo. And uh, we will be back, hopefully, within the next week or two with some more interviews. But go to the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook to find out these upcoming shows. Thanks so much, and have a great night.